Geek Shock. Uh, did you see this shit? The new uh, Hallmark ornament? Oh, the, the Spock and Kirkland? Yeah. No. What is yeah. the new Hallmark <laughs> ornament? The new Hallmark ornament for this year for Star Trek is... Uh, Kirk the death of Spock. Yeah. <laughs> no, are you kidding me? <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, it's... the uh, the article I said. Oh wanna, wow! The article I read said, "Want to ruin your Christmas wow. tree?" <laughs> um, wow! No, I I must have this now. Oh, absolutely! There's no yeah. two ways about it. That ornament or no, that just is a uh, fine. It's a shame they're not in Santa hats. But it's a shame it's for Christmas. <laughs> you, can, you can order the new ornament here. Oh shit! It plays Spock saying, "The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few." <laughs> 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 oh my god, I can only pray that next year's Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan holiday ornament is a life-size representation of Chekhov's ear with a set of eel crawling into it. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing more jolly than watching Spock slowly die would of course be alien larva forcibly entering a human orifice. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh boy. Oh, How yeah. much is that bad boy going for? Thirty? Yeah, that's probably thirty bucks. There. Oh, daddy! Next year I want Vulcan imploding on it. So oh, I got it I right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to get that <laughs> shit. Are any of the Hallmark stores still open here in town? Yes, there's a few. The um, one on Maryland by Best Buy. Is the that one still I open? like to go to is down on uh, right next to Kirsten's neck of the woods, off of uh, Stephanie. Stephanie, yeah, yeah, yeah. right oh, okay. next to Toys R Us. I sometimes go there after Toys R Us. Wow. I'm amazed. If people like. Those ornaments go like crazy online, yeah. and people forget that they're stores. And you go to the store, and like, there's plenty of do them. Do you have, uh, yeah, no, they, usually, they usually have at least two or three of each one available. Because, like, I one year they were completely sold out online, and it at the time the website didn't have a check store for availability thing. So I just went over to the one in front of Best Buy because I was there anyway, and I was just like. I'm going to take a chance, see maybe they have this ornament I'm looking for. I go in there, and then the lady's like, oh, yeah, we have it it's right over here. I think we've got three of them over here. And I was like, I'll take two. <laughs> wow. Welcome, folks. This is Geek Shock, number 305. I am Master Torgo. I'm the famous Paul. 80s Jeff. Commander K. We're here to talk Christmas ornaments and geeky-weeky stuff. Yeah. Geeky-weeky? So, geeky-weeky. Summer's over. Time to talk Christmas. Yeah, Summer's so over my butt. It doesn't yeah, feel like it here. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think it was like 106 tonight when we were driving over to, to get dinner. Very ridiculous. Well, it took so long for summer to kick in here, which was great because yeah. we didn't get it to like true. June. That's true. Right. But once it, it stayed, now it's decided to stay a little longer. Yeah. But, oh, there it is. It's almost October. Yeah. Almost. The, the, the month-long celebration of all the wonderful, horrible things out there. Oh, it's yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, mm. I have no money to spend on it, but damn it, I'm going to find a way. Damn. <laughs> oh. Drag your ass to a haunted house or two. Oh, you never have to drag my ass to a haunted house. There's no <laughs> yeah. dragging involved. Poor sad no. face, Torgo. Like, mm. It'll be like, you want to come with? <laughs> oh, I can't afford it. Now that one, I'll, I'll go into debt. That's fine. <laughs> that, no problem going to debt for October. So before we get into our uh, weekly stuff, I have a few uh, emails I want to go through here. Pure cool. mail. Hello, guys. Got a con question for you. Con! So I went to Wizard World Vegas, and on the last day, I acquired a pretty cool fan art poster of my favorite horror flick, Pet Cemetery. Pretty cool print, and it's been five months, and it's still just lying on the floor. And yes, 
that is a stack of calling cards from the strip. Anyway, my question is this. Have you ever bought art from a con? What do you do with it? Give it away? Hang it? Frame it? Try to get it signed? Or, or just forget about it? I always wondered what people do with all this art. Keep up the good work, Jake. All of the above. Yes. Uh, I got to <laughs> tell you, Jake, I bought that exact same print that you bought from that, he that did. same vendor. I, he did. I brought that as well as the um, uh, Maximum Overdrive print that they sold. Mm, beautiful. That one was Beautiful gorgeous. art. Yeah. And like yours, Jake, it is still like leaning against the wall, protected, dust-covered as I'm going. When am I going to get this framed and put up? Which is the plan. Right. But again, like you said, Jake, it's been five months. It's obviously not on the forefront. So, yeah, of, I, I, buy, I buy art when I go to cons. Mm-hmm. Um, if nothing else, I'll, to support the artists there, because the small art booths, I love them to death. And the other side, because they have great pieces. Oh, and yeah. then I get them home, and I'm like, okay, now what? Because there is limited wall space here. Yep. So... You guys have plenty of room. We we do you have can plenty. Still of, get nuts. Yeah, we still can get nuts, but mm. you just need to prioritize. That's exactly it's, it. Uh, it's not easy because it's a it's a decent little investment to get frames. Right now, you can do pretty well at Walmart. That's been my saving grace: is going to Walmart and getting or Target even. And yeah, I was getting, gonna say Target's not bad. And getting frames. For the art that I buy. But some of this art has really weird dimensions. Right. Not easy to find frames for some of these long, thin pieces. You have to be particular. I have have a uh, Sasha Gray as Tila picture that I have yet to find a perfect frame for that I got at the first uh, power. That you need a loving frame for. Yeah, I'll get a frame for it eventually. It's up. It's stacked up. I got a couple of little small pieces like that that are just kind of sitting on shelves stacked up but not framed properly but i have framed a few pieces uh i framed uh the couple of those prints from uh uh the 80s kids ryan and jacob uh i ended up uh getting frames for my han solo and uh princess leia and uh, a few other pieces and i yeah i've been pretty good about framing up my big stuff but um i'm hesitant to buy stuff because of that because i know there's just nowhere to frame it or put it. So well, I don't. You, you have limited space. I do have limited space. You have, <laughs> you have room. one room. One room. It is at critical mass. <laughs> it's beyond critical mass at this point. Now, it's pretty awesome. Now, is it just the negotiated, you know, piece between you and your, your wife that, that you're not allowed to post things in the front room? No, it just, or do you just do this on your own? No, it just keeps me sane. That no, I know, but I'm in my deep. own spot. No, I mean, I could eventually put up some stuff, but... Because some, like, eh. some of the more artistic stuff, like the posters and so forth, that you could put on walls. Some of it. Let it trickle yeah. out of the room a little bit so that people are prepared for what they get into. Yeah, yeah like out into the hallway. And eventually. There you go. There but you go. Uh, there you right go. now, I have no desire to go put more stuff up anyway. I'm just going to wait until we're all done. I spent the afternoon cleaning the carpets and we um they'll be messy by tomorrow no we'll be okay for another day or two um but uh you know i'm just waiting waiting for a house but also let this be a a warning to everybody out there learn from jake and myself that when you see that art piece and you really want it a question you need to ask yourself is what am i going to do with it once i get it home i don't necessarily think you i mean yeah, a lot of times it goes into to storage and you don't think about it for a while. But 
you know, eventually you're going to come across it and decide to do stuff with it. I mean, you know, Maybe there's or not right. yeah. or, well, part or, of it, or though, not. Or part not. of it, though, is just like you said, you're supporting an artist. So yeah. go for it. And you can go the custom framing route. A uh, friend of the show, Darren, he's he's custom framed a bunch of his art pieces that he's purchased over the years at great cost. I will I will tell you because custom framing jobs are not cheap. Oh yeah, and, so, and you know, granted, I don't care what percentage it says off of Michaels. Yeah, end eh. result is gorgeous because some of these frames that the the person framing it picked to go with the art was a spot on choice. But, you know, you're talking a couple hundred dollars or more just for the framing job. Sure. So, you know, bear that in mind as well. The results are, are, are breathtaking. But, again, you know, depending on what you spend on the sure. art itself. But don't forget, the frame, these pieces you buy are usually real close to your heart yeah. and deserve to be looked at by right. not just you but others because they make also great conversation pieces. I Like I said, I have that piece. It's an amazing Pet cemetery piece. So... Yeah, go ahead and put it up. Um, even if you want to just temporarily display it, I mean, you can use those little 3M things. Though They won't destroy the piece. You can hang them on your wall. They don't look as good as framed pieces, but it is a great way of putting something up without harming the piece right. or your wall. Also, one thing I do, um, this isn't just with geeky stuff, but with my parents' tchotchkes, because my parents tchotchkeed to hell and gone. And I inherited a lot of that. And I kept a lot of it because it's, it's childhood memories. Um, I rotate it. I actually will, you know, at, after Christmas when I'm turning the house over and going back to normal, I actually have gone through and stuff that I put away a few months ago, I keep away. And then stuff that I put away a year or two ago, I actually rotate out and put on the shelves. And so for hanging on the wall and stuff like that, you can think about rotating stuff every couple of years or every year or so. Sure. Or for the seasons. Yeah. It's October. Yeah, because everything – I, I take there. down most everything for Christmas because you guys have seen how I do my house sure. inside in Christmas. And then I Christmas put – Christmas out. Yeah. And then I put it back up or I put some new configuration back up in, uh, in February. Nice. So there you go, Jake. I, I hope you, we helped you. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't. Or at least validated <laughs> your yeah, That's what we're doing. We're need, here to validate your geek. Your need for uh, framing this stuff. Buy, buy an inexpensive frame that will keep it safe. There you go. Plan on and save up for a proper frame if you are desperate to upgrade. But you might find also that the inexpensive frame does a fine job. It does. I got two inexpensive frames over here. Beautiful. Right, pieces. The worst is keeping it and keeping it and keeping it and then one day falling into it or spilling something on it and going, oh, fuck me in the yeah, butt. Yeah, right. <laughs> or just losing we've, track. We've I mean, all been there. It yeah. can be a pleasant surprise, but I bought some original art from a, a TSR artist, Tony Dieterlisi. He's a co-creator with Holly Black on the Spiderwick Chronicles. But he was the artist who pretty much defined second edition's Planescape campaign set. Very uh, specific art style. Yeah, yeah, it was, and it's beautiful. It's absolutely great. And I bought a few original pieces from him at a Gen Con, literally a decade ago, if not more. And uh, I will go through my stuff, my gaming stuff, every now and then, and I'll stumble across the pieces, and I'm like, oh damn, I've got these. 
too bad I'm looking for this book because I'm preparing for game night tonight. And I put them back, and then there it is. Another year or two, I've forgotten I got them. You got them sized? Huh? You have them sized? Do you know what size they are? Oh, they're, they're small pieces. Great. Yeah. Do you have them sized? No. no. Get them sized. That's the first step. That is the first step, honestly. Like, if you want to get proactive about it, measure it out exactly, write down those dimensions and put that in a piece of paper in your wallet. Mm. And then if and when you come across a framing sale or like a uh, Anna's Linens is going out of business or some right, shit, right. and you go, oh, hey, maybe they're going to have cheap frames. And then you'll go, oh, if only I knew the size of the piece. But if you have it with you. So that's part of it. Like, sure. take Make that the baby step. So have your piece sized and ready so that you can oh, find. Yeah. Well, I got my piece sized. Hey, oh. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Boing, that. My, oing, 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 my mom used wiener. to go to, to Michael's and just buy frames on clearance yep. without having anything for them. Sure. Just literally. And then they, they were stacked and in the garage. Full of empty frames <laughs> in a creepy well, way. No. Hang it on all the walls. Yeah. Now, What's yes. Don't you like this piece? Ah! Walk now. around holding it in front of your head. Now that my mom is unfortunately in you know long term care and had does isn't doing anything, we we have actually come across boxes full of these empty. But they frames. weren't hanging up. No, empty. no, no, no. They're, that would be the, that would be the creepy. Thing. They're empty. That would be awesome. Well, what's what's funny is like these are, there's these empty frames and sometimes they have like the the standard picture. Sure. You know the the generic family picture uh-huh. and you're you're like thumbing through and you don't think about it. You're like who who are these people? Why? Do, oh, it's the insert that came with it. And, and Whose fucking cousin is this? And don't forget your secondhand stores, your yeah, your your Goodwills, your Savers, all those. They have that big art section, and I know a lot of people that buy the art there just to get the frame. There I was gonna is. say, yeah, I know people that do that as well. They buy it, you know. Sometimes it's cheesy or cheap art, or it's even you know partially destroyed. They buy it just to get the frame. You know, they they have a you know just like what Paul said. You know, write down the dimensions of the picture, and you're in there, and they're like, oh. This is the exact right size for this piece that I have, and they, you know, buy it for pennies on the dollar, and yeah, there you go. There, now we have a solution. There it is. Write down yeah. your dimensions. Now we've actually done something productive for his <laughs> his email. <laughs> Dear the Paul Show. Hello, gaming mill. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, the fabulous Paul asked for someone to make a Neelix is a fish video. <laughs> Oh, boy, did he come through in spades. <laughs> yeah, he, he asked, I delivered. Just search YouTube for Neelix is a fish. I think I may well, I may have well tweeted to the Fantastic Ball about this, but I cannot really remember because I was quite, quite drunk on vodka by the time I'd wasted six hours of my life on a Friday <laughs> evening after work editing them together. <laughs> I, I did post one of them to the uh, Facebook page, uh-huh. so it will lead you to his channel as they're well. They're funny. Oh, they're yeah. good. I suppose they're, I could. They're as good as him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose I could search myself, but I have no internet access. On a side note, I wanted to ask the flamboyant Paul and all of his gang that sleep on this couch a quick question. I've mentioned before that I've listened to every episode of The Paul Show, and I seem to remember someone mentioning they had a bootleg VHS copy of Yoga with Paul Stanley. I've looked for ages on the internet for a copy and have even inquired in quite a few shops over here in England, which resulted in some puzzled and somewhat fearful looks. Does the fancy Paul or one of his gang of fans have a copy of Yoga with Paul Stanley or did I just dream that was a real thing? I don't remember that. I don't either. I don't either. (laughs) 
<laughs> I really don't. It sounds like that sounds like something fact checked Andy needed to be here for. <laughs> yeah. That might have been something I just made up. Let's call him up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, fact check. We know you're on vacation, but do uh, you have a copy of Yoga with Paul Stanley? <laughs> I was going to ask my wife, but then I remembered she is just a dream too. Anyway, (laughs) thanks for the Paul Show and Geek Scats, and keep up the work, fine work, gentlemen, from your favorite viewer, Gaming Mill. P.S. You should consider making two or more podcasts a week instead of just one, just like the Funny Paul's Better Podcast, The Berry Cream Cheesecake. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, P.P.S., and this is my favorite part. Oh, I nearly forgot to tell you. Last week, I legally changed my name by deed poll to Gaming Mill. I have an interview at mid-October for a possible managerial promotion, which I completely forgot about. <laughs> Plus, changing my name has completely fucked up my credit rating. <laughs> I don't think I completely thought this through. Yeah. But it made my friends in the pub laugh, so I had that for all of about two minutes. Right. Yeah, yeah you win. <laughs> you win. Gaming Mill, officially. Gaming the winner hits you. You are killing me. That is funny. Killing me, Smalls. Um no, the Neelix's of fish bits are really great. Yes. Uh, check them out. It's uh, as good or better than Neelix has ever been. And he also has some reviews, Let's Plays, Channel of His Own, which is very entertaining as right? well. So check those out. Look at look up Gaming Mill. Follow Gaming Mill on the YouTubers. Mm-hmm. I but don't think there is any uh, Paul Stanley yoga that I can think of. It may have been a thing. It, it could have been a, yeah, just I'll try a bit. and If I remember, I'll try and talk to my yoga buddy, Doing some improv with uh, my boy Jeffers this week because uh, Matt's out of town. And uh, tomorrow night uh, we're doing that, and uh, Eric's a big yoga guy. So uh, if anybody would know. The gaming mill. I love that and, you're actually uh, looking for this yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. This, I, I got to believe if you, if you haven't found it online, it ain't, it ain't <laughs> out there. Yeah. At least in reference. It's not on the internet. It Some doesn't box art. No. And, and sadly, the bootleg booths at the cons are not very good anymore. I mean, well, they, I wouldn't expect them really to carry Yoga with Paul Stanley. If I, so, I, they're yeah. very <laughs> Well, I, I just meant in the reference to, like, there have selection. been, in the past, you know, like, I would say, like, 10, 15 years ago, when we would go, and you would find stuff that was one of a kind, and, you know, maybe aired once, and somebody had a videotape and they made copies of it but now a lot of that stuff you can find online through the torrents and so forth i'm sure that's part of it and i think the other part of it is they carry what they think will sell that is true too because gaming mill isn't going to these conventions the best one i ever went to and i i can't remember what i bought from him but i remember he had a catalog he said, these are all the things that I have. I only, And he basically said the same thing you did. He only brings to the cons what he could sell. But well, you He'll could, burn you what but you want. He'll, he'll, yeah, he would, he would put it out on uh, either VHS tape or, uh, or DVD. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you just ordered it. You paid shipping and, and so forth. But, yeah, he had, like, a full catalog of tons of stuff that was all one of a kind. And some of them were, like, unaired pilots for TV shows and so forth. I love going through those just to remember shows I forgot existed. Oh, I yeah. Mean, oh, yeah. It's it's glorious to go. I mean, shows like Wizards and Warriors yep. from the 80s. Check out iOffer.com. iOffer? Mm-hmm. They, they got the set? They got a ton of shit. So that, They got all kind of weird stuff, but they're movies and rare stuff. Yeah. Okay, I've I had offer. Some, I've had some successful transactions. Oh, and Paul, didn't you have uh, something didn't you I wanted have. to announce improv-wise? Oh, yes. You forgot to oh, do last oh. week. 
Well, it's more important this week. Well, yes. Because it's happening this week. Ah. Right. The Improv Goblet. So if you're within the sound of my voice, this weekend, October 2nd and 3rd, at the fabulous Baobab stage inside Town Square Mall in beautiful Las Vegas, on the Strip, it is the third annual Improv Goblet Comedy Festival. I got troops from all over the country coming down to play. It's going to be wild and wacky fun. 8 p.m. till midnight on Friday and Saturday night. Just 10 measly American dollars gets you four hours of preposterous entertainment. And then on Saturday afternoon, if you're feeling froggy and you want to learn a little more improv action, from 11 a.m. till 7 p.m., we're going to have workshops all day, four two-hour blocks taught by some incredible instructors, guests from out of town, as well as some local uh, badasses who happen to be here working in uh, shows around town as well. So uh, those are just 20 bucks a pop. You can take as many or as few as you like, and um, there you are. If you want more info, go to Improv Goblet at the Facebooks. Uh, Todd will put a link up for us. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty easy to find. And it's uh, kind of an adjunct to my Improv Kingdom regular weekly show, which went exceptionally well this week, thanks to all those who participated and came out for that show. Um, just rolling along, man, trying to keep the improv flame burning in Vegas. We got a lot of other uh, troops and organizations uh, performing in town as well, so... It's staying steady. I'm very happy and uh, pleased to be having this third annual event. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. So get your butts down there. See some really funny people. Fantastic. Man. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah, I'll definitely link that up. I'm Super getting psyched. Do you guys have any time to make it at all? You're working both nights? I'm working Friday. Saturday may be a possibility. Though, okay, awesome. So. That'd be great. I might be able to do Friday, but... Okay. If you can only make it for a little while. Mm-hmm. Goes till midnight. Come on out. Come on out. So uh, thanks. Yeah, and if you uh, if you want, just uh, share it. Share the info. Put it on your Facebook page. It mean a lot. I'm gonna try and uh, blitzkrieg that even more in the next couple of days. And uh, please just share it around. Spread the love. Thank you. Sweet. Improv goblet. What other geeky things you want to bring up, gentlemen? I'm reading the new Greg Rucka Smuggler's Run Star Wars book that just came out. Oh. Just picked that up. It's a little side novel. Short and sweet. Easy read. I'm about halfway through already. Um, it's uh, <laughs> Is that one of those young adult novels? <laughs> kind of, but it's not specifically young adult, and it's got some heavy stuff. Well, young uh, adult novels tend to have... Well, I mean, th- they got this rap that they're not, oh, they're all romance right, right, and right. there's nothing can really happen to the characters. That's not true. Basically, the only thing they can't do is have graphic sex and graphic gore. They can still have gore, they can still have sex, it just can't be graphic. Yeah. And you won't find cussing in there. Other than that, it's it's open to. A Rodian blew her brains out and laid in a pool of blood while a. There it is. Em- Empire uh, soldier rifled through her shit to find her spy stuff. It's this heavy. It's got some heavy stuff so far. It's good. It's good. I'm, I'm, how many pages? I'm halfway through. Uh, not quite 200, I don't think. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a quick read. Ruck um, is cool. Yeah. Ruck is great. I want to support Greg Rucka, so I bought that book because he, um, eons ago, came through the experience and uh, got to go on a backstage tour with me and was super kind, sent me a bunch of his books for free back in the day. So anytime I get a chance, I try and support him if he started up a new book or uh, a new comic venture where I can. So this is a good good story so far. It's uh, Han and Chewie, it's ha- and it happens between um, 
New Hope and Empire. This is part of the new canon. It is. It's part of the new canon, and there are, as they say, clues to the new movie spiced throughout the the book. Say spiced? Spiced throughout the book. Uh, That's what I say. Sprinkled? Sprinkled and spiced. Yeah. So uh, I haven't really stumbled on any super big reveals yet. There's a few little hints about some stuff. There's a new... There's a new droid, a new assassin um, droid, basically bounty hunter droid. Fun that they described. He's got like a gear belly. He sort of sounds like uh, a chilled out. Okay, they said like three um, PO's face, right? Three PO's kind of head. This body structure kind of ape a human skeleton. Okay. Something like IG-88, kind of. And then wearing gears and stuff in his belly revealed. Oh, yeah. I like this idea. So this, this might be like- a new uh, bounty hunter that we'll see, or a robot that we'll see somewhere in the in the, in the the new... Based on that description, I hope so. Follow-up. Yeah, so, yeah, really. Sounds kind of neat. It sounds, so sounds like Roboto from Masters of the Universe, where you twist his belly and you can <laughs> see his gears. Domo Arigato. Yeah, Domo Mr. Arigato, Roboto. Now, speaking of, I read another Star Wars canon novel. Lost Stars, this is the f- big young adult novel that came out, same day as Aftermath. Okay. And big, 500 pages. It's a big novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good. Um, I mean, it has some of the young adultness in it, where you know romance is a sh- strong part of it. Two star-crossed lovers. Slash. No romance in this shit. Yeah. But even despite that, it was really, really good read. The uh, basic idea, the... These two kids growing up on this backwater rim planet, and both of them join the Empire and experience the three original Star Wars films from a sidelines aspect. What's the planet called? I can't remember that one. The, I, Jaluka, I think. Okay. Hmm. Um, but. My name's Jaluka. Right. I am on the outer rim. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> He's too busy eating his Snickers. So. Oh, man. Well, I'm, I'm a monster if I don't get one. <laughs> but it's really fun to read these people dealing with what the Empire is doing and trying to justify it for the greater good. It's, it's a really interesting ta- uh, tack to take. And, and where's the timeline here? The timeline happens from New Hope all the way through Jedi oh, wow. and a little beyond. Uh, in fact, in seeing the preview for uh, the uh, Force Awakens, they have that beautiful shot of uh, on the desert planet the, With the crash, Star Destroyer Star, crashed down. Star Destroyer, rather, yeah. And you actually learn how that happens in this book. Oh, and it's, it's yeah, it's it's it takes you on a nice ride I through started, the whole Star Wars. Story. I started watching uh, season five of The Walking Dead. Okay. Finally. I'm so behind, but, you know, it just came out on well, Netflix. Yeah. Well, you kind of gave up on it with that last season, right? You uh, were just kind of like, eh, it's more. I didn't love it, but uh, this season's interesting, but they just, they they're, they're leave no stone unturned. I'm like eight episodes in, and it's just like, oh, you remember that thing that we kind of just left ambiguous as to how it happened? Here it is in exact detail. <laughs> Why don't you just let some stuff happen? Whatever. It's fine. Well, it, yeah, they're, to be they're, fair, it builds. Oh, it's building to some interesting stuff, but. Yeah. I'm really curious with this new season. I think five is my favorite season thus far. Uh, It's better than four. 
So far, it's better than four. <laughs> That's for sure. Because four really made me go, this smells stink-a-whiff. <laughs> stink-a-whiff. <laughs> He's like my favorite cop from that one TV show. <laughs> Damn it, stink-a-whiff. <laughs> you play too loose and fast with the rules. <laughs> now, is he officer or detective stink-a-whiff? I'm detective stink-a-whiff. <laughs> detective stink-a-whiff. Add that to the notebook, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Detective Stanley. He's like Assy McGee. <laughs> oh, Assy McGee. That's one of the DVDs that's up for sale on iOffer. Assy McGee? Assy McGee. <laughs> Go- talk about gone before his time. Oh, Assy McGee. <laughs> Sanchez. Sanchez, you don't understand. <laughs> too much. That fucking Assy McGee. <laughs> we, we, we all watched The Muppets last week. We did all watch The Muppets. And really enjoyed it. Yes. F- funny to see some of the hate that it's getting. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's, good. And I'm glad that it's getting hate. It makes me like it even more. Well, it's it's taking some chances. It's doing some things Muppets haven't done. It's different. It's a little more adult themed. than It's uh, doing things Muppets haven't done in this decade. Yeah. Yeah. Go back to when the Muppets first started when they were selling cigarettes and blowing up on live yeah. TV. Oh, the commercials. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always love that. It's like, it's supposed to be a family-friendly show, and what's-his-name is blowing himself up every other episode. <laughs> yeah. New Zealand. No, not New Zealand. Uh, the first New couple- Zealand had the Matt boomerang Bomber? fish act. The first couple of seasons of Saturday Night Live. Right. Yeah. Who's the guy that blows himself up? No, shoot. Crazy uh, Larry or whatever. <laughs> I think you're right. Crazy Larry. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I look forward to seeing where it goes. The whole like, it's like you said, it's a Thirty Rock. Yeah, I mean Muppets. it's Thirty Rock, but yeah. it's good. Yeah, it was really funny. I was looking at that, and then when I thought about the original show, that's basically the conceit of the original show. Crazy Harry, yep. Crazy Harry, but they just the original show also had more of the upfront performances you saw the song and dance routines and everything like that i think it's what people mostly remember is right and actually the the, they forget about all the they forget that there was there was a whole framing sequence of in and around it where there there was always a visit um the 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 uh the five minute call to the guest star in the room where usually it was scooter pop is those were an hour long too weren't they no they were half hour shows wow they felt like hour to me they were packed. When we were young, everything felt long. Right? Isn't yeah. that crazy? Oh, boy, my uncle knew that. <laughs> no, <I'm- laughs> beat me to it. <laughs> he beat me to it, too. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> None of it's true. None of that's true. Just touchy uncle jokes are always good. But no, I mean, and especially with all the, the Kermit and Scooter trying to put out little fires in between yeah. the, you know between yeah. the 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 guest stars and the the regulars and usually it's something to do with Miss Piggy and her diva-ishness and you know I, yeah I, I I thought it was a definite you know spiritual successor to the original series um the style is you know not what some people like you know some people didn't like that whole reality where they cut in but even scooter or that's not not scooter even gonzo makes a joke about the whole you know you're gonna record me now saying this and then you'll cut it to where i say something else that completely contradicts it and they went right and did that on the show so i mean it's you know it's not everybody's favorite style that whole reality 
you know, camera verite and then intercut with the one-on-one interviews. But I, I found it enjoyable. Yep. You're doing a show about puppets. Just <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Be a little self-referential. I, I, I dig it. It's, it's fucking meta at this point. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Very it's exactly. I dig it. it. I dig it. They know what they're doing. I, I, I wish them great success. I think this creative team's got the right idea. I really, like, I, I really laughed at that show like I haven't laughed at a sitcom in a long time. God, what was the the host of Dancing with the Stars? Yeah, Tom Bergeron. Tom Bergeron. Great, great <laughs> it's like, cameo. You go to you go to the studio with all these stars, and you bring back Tom Bergeron. It's like I I'm still here, <laughs> not on the elevator yet, Kermit. Not, yeah. <laughs> I'll, like, still I'll still do it. it. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the part that I liked. Yeah. <laughs> I'll still do it. <laughs> Speaking of good television, I watched the whole first season of Mr. Robot on USA. So good. What's that on? On USA. Yeah. So you can't get that on the Hulu's or the Netflix? I don't um, It's on one of them. I, think I can't USA remember who. has their own. I think you can actually just watch Bullshit. it on their own. Bullshit. No more of this fragmentation. We just paid to upgrade our Hulu's. Oh, did you? For no, no commercials. commercials. Yeah. How much that cost? Yeah. You wanted, to cut, you wanted to How cut much? the cable? This is what cutting the cable does to you. It's fine. It, 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 instead of, you know... It's yeah, still cheaper yes. than the cable. Yes, you have more selection, but you still have to buy four or five different... Well, eventually, but right now it's right now it's great. All right, so it's I, not I, I, that I much cheaper. I didn't hear the <laughs> I didn't hear the answer. How much is it? Like eleven dollars. Eleven dollars, not bad at all. No, not bad at all. In fact, I'm actually more inclined to get it now. Oh yeah, because that's what scared me off. I was like, me I don't too, want man. the commercials. No, the commercials are gross, and uh, they finally fixed it, which is good. Great. But Mister Robot, incredible! Show. I've heard good. I've heard good things. The writing is amazing, and. I can't talk too deep about the plot because there's a lot of reveal that happens across it. But you know how Robert Kirkman created The Walking Dead, uh, basically saying that I love zombie movies, zombie but movie I want to know. But I want to know what happens to those people next. Right. You can see that that's where this began. Okay. And I don't want to say what movie that's kind of based on, but once it happens, you're like, it's obvious. Like they really liked this movie. They wanted to create a show that was okay. Now what happens? Right. And boy, is there any a place for that? Mm. So, Mister Robot, I can't recommend it enough. And yeah. plus, the hacking stuff that it gets into actually is based on actual hacking things. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of like it's an extension a... of batteries not included. Yes. Okay. Good, That's good. exactly <laughs> it. Because <laughs> or the case of my uncle, battery that? is included. Because yeah. what happened? Sorry, to that? no, not true. Not any. Of it. Not any of it. All right, we have this <laughs> week's theme. Not, not, not true at all. Not true. Not true. Not a fact. Because what happened to that apartment complex? Hashtag not true. Hashtag touchy uncle. What? (laughs) Batteries not included. What happened to that complex afterwards, right? Yeah, who knows? Exactly. That's what we want to know. Uh, I think those robots burned it to the ground. Well, now you'll know. Yeah. That uh, story gets told. Yeah, USA has its own app called USA Now, which you can access their their shows. There you go. USA Now. I'm pretty sure that's Trump's slogan. Wait, no, it's USA Now Again. Now Again. Now Again and Better. <laughs> USA Now Again and Better. We're going ma- to make people fall in love with this country again. Great. We're going to start with Muppets. You fucking pigs. We're going to dress her up. We're going to put some nice lipstick on her, really class her up. <laughs> You're going to want to fuck America once more. <laughs> You're gonna, we're going to make you want to take her out to dinner and a movie. Maybe Trump, have, making maybe America have a- fuckable once again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Anything dude. else you want to bring up, John? Uh, um, I did lady. watch the premieres of both Limitless 
and Minority Report. Good, not limitless. It's hard to say after the I, first episode, but I, yes, hard to say with just one episode under my belt. Uh, limitless, I think, looks very intriguing. I think it's got potential for uh, at least a season long. You know, hold oh gummy worms. <laughs> I think it. Not I, hard to I think it'll hold not for at least all. a season. Minority Port. I'm kind of on the fence about Minority Port. Minority Report. <laughs> That's what they're trying to shut down, isn't it? That's where all the series are coming in, the Minority Report. It looked a little... Trump's going to close that down. Yeah. Huh? I we got I, enough Minority Ports in this country. <laughs> uh, it seemed less able to hook me like Limitless did, so... Well, don't worry. It's on I, Fox. I, Nothing's yeah, going to happen say, to it. Yeah, exactly right. It, yeah, it might get six, uh, six episodes and then, you know, Are you canceled. sure you even saw the first episode? It was probably the third. Uh, it could have been. No, it was definitely the pilot, so... <laughs> In this case, Fuck Fox. you know, as opposed to Almost Human, where they played that series out of order, which actually, I really found Almost Human a good series. It was, had a lot of great actors in it, and it really kind of... Maybe if they put it in the right order, yeah. it would have had a better following. Yeah, because like... I'm almost human, <laughs> of flesh and blood. I'm not. <laughs> oh, he's not a man. I am not a man. Human. But I was born in a robot's butt. A robot's butt. A trivia fact that <laughs> I'm only human by Human League. Not one of Torgo's favorite songs. Whose favorite song is that? I want to find a motherfucker who's like, that's my jam. And I'm going to be like, let me tell you the reasons why you're wrong. Send that to comments at Ugly Count. No, I mean, like, he gets. I just needed someone to touch me. He gets positively riled up when it comes on the stereo. It's it's terrible. It doesn't rhyme. To end my heart of loneliness. It's a horrible premise. Uh,. I cheated on you. I cheated on you too. Oh, let's forgive each other. Fuck off. Right? <laughs> it's essentially the Pina Colada song. It is. With more synthesizers. Oh my God, you're right, it is. That's all it is. But not as clever. Not as clever. <laughs> not as clever. Nobody wrote a letter. They just went, yeah. while you were away, I was human too. No one's making love at midnight to some By dude that I was human. I mean, I blew a bunch of dudes. <laughs> I'm only human. Blew a bunch of dudes. He's a circus seal. Human. Oh, 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 oh. 37 times. Shut up. Try not to suck any dick on the way to the car, you asshole. <laughs> that's fun. You know, that's fun to say to anybody. God damn, that movie's so good. Thank you, Kevin Smith. Uh, Fucking love that movie. I'm only human. <laughs> now I sound like Ukla the Mock. <laughs> I'm only Ukla. Oh man, that face blowing you. Jesus. Oh, Ukla? Yeah. yeah. Dude, you want people would pay heavy. They would pay heavy because it'd be like, I last for days when he's sucking me off. <laughs> Look at that frightful mug, and I shrink inside my gut. It's <laughs> getting your money's worth. That's what it is. It's getting what? It's getting your money's worth. That's you're, what it getting is. Your, you're getting your mock's worth. Hookla the mock. Hmm. You know what? My brain cannot hear those words without hearing and Princess Ariel afterwards. Uh-huh. It's just simple as that. Yeah. Mm. I'm Princess Ariel. Uh, anything else, uh. gentlemen? 
Uh, uh, yeah, I got nothing. All right. I've been playing Batman. Literally, I didn't even get a comic book this week. It was just like, you know. I mean, and last week, fifth week. I guess it's a fifth week or something because yes. it's, it's just no comics. Mm. Oh, I also saw the pilot for Heroes Reborn. I think it looks oh, good. Oh, di- you went to that? Yeah, it was on uh, NBC on Sunday. Okay. Or no, Friday. Friday, sorry. Yeah, it, it, I even... think it looks good. You trust okay. those suckers again. Yeah, I do. All right. Is it because you have a feeling like it's like okay they've learned their lesson? Is that well? I mean, Tim Kring, the the creator, you know, even admitted that you know those last couple of seasons there didn't go the way that he wanted them to. The last couple of seasons, there seasons, were seasons four. Were, there were four, yeah. So the last couple, well, like, <laughs> like like two on better than half the goddamn show. Man, fuck that show. <laughs> I rarely, rarely trade shit in. I sold my season one of Heroes. Garbage. Season one well, was this okay. Is, this is a yeah. limited and series. It's not. <laughs> it's not a. It's not political a political statement. Yeah, matter of principle. Like the when I had to sell all my uh, lost DVDs. Well, he he I said in the interview that he was given full control over this, so that he doesn't have to deal with the studio interference like he did with the the original series. Right. We'll it's see also how long that dream lasts. Well, but it's also it's a limited <laughs> series. I think there's only going to be like ten or twelve episodes, if I'm not mistaken. So it's hey, okay. that's a sweet. It's going to be it's going to be everything he wants it to be for all those episodes, as opposed to okay, now we got through season one. Now what are we going to do to season two? You know. So. All right. I'm giving it a shot, and so far I like you, what I see. You go, Jeff. Yeah. You just don't listen to p- Meanie Paul. Now let me ask. I you. I usually don't. <laughs> <laughs> now let me ask you. Did you watch? Seasons three and four, all of heroes. Oh yeah, I watched the entire run okay, of, so run of heroes. All right, so you you gave it. I gave up yeah. in two. Oh, I know you did. Oh. Yeah, I, w- I watched it all. All of it. it all were, of it. Were you happy? Uh, okay. okay. It was. You know, it's fun watching people running around with glowing hands, blowing shit up. There, there is something to that. So. Go to a fucking rave. <laughs> I don't want to take the drugs. No, to but do at it. a rave, it's just people with glowing hands blowing people, not blowing blowing <laughs> Wait, shit up. Oh, whoa! Now I need to go. <laughs> yeah, you do need shit. to go. <laughs> I can see Jeff doing the juggling, dancing to that music. Fuck juggling no! What? <laughs> juggling nuts. Juggling these nuts. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> no, no, Gotham. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. Okay. Ridley Scott's Prometheus was originally meant as a direct prequel to his classic sci-fi horror movie, Alien. I heard it was also meant to be a good and well-received film. That's what it was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. However, after Damon Lindelof made changes to the screenplay, things changed quite a bit from the original plan. Of course they did. What was supposed to be a one-off has now become a multiple-movie franchise, with not just two more movies planned down the pipeline, but three. In an interview with German website Filmfutter, yeah. uh, Scott did confirm that Prometheus will connect with Alien. Yeah. Quote, it won't be the next one, explained Scott. <laughs> <laughs> it will be the one after this one, or maybe even a fourth film before we get back into the Alien franchise. The whole point of it is to explain the Alien franchise and to explain the how and the why of the creation of the Alien itself, he added. I always thought the Alien is kind of a piece of bacterial warfare. I always thought that that original ship, which I call the Croissant, was a battleship 
holding this, this he said that was a battleship holding these biomechanoid creatures that were all about destruction, unquote. In the original ending of Prometheus, the original screenplay, uh, the ship that crashes was to be the same exact ship that a- that Ellen Ripley and the Nostromo crew discover in Alien. However, the setting of the movie was changed to a different planet. Uh, Scott revealed that Prometheus 2 will be called Alien, Paradise Lost. Okay. Hmm. Prometheus. I was, uh, okay. I like the idea of the the original xenomorph race like being this perfectly evolved apex predator it was just like when evolution hits the hits the high bar it's going to be awful as opposed to being a manufactured thing you know sort of like i'm the, certainly not opposed to the philosophical thing you're putting through that makes yeah you know just the cuz it, it's a counterpoint to the whole, you know, well, if you let nature take its course, everything is wonderful and it's, you know, and it's, you know, actually, you know, on some far off planet, nature took its course and the logical conclusion was this thing. And now let's stretch it out to four films. Yeah. And well, we're going to make it artificial because once again, nature doesn't do that. Oh, yeah. So, at, well, at, I mean, didn't, and, and, and this is coming from a guy that actually kind of liked Prometheus, despite all of its glaring warts. I enjoyed it. But, oh, it, it feels like it's just getting uh, an, an origin story being drawn out further and further. So, Well, wasn't Giger's original idea a biomechanical organism anyway? Yeah. So, you, so it would have to, at some point, evolve from both, you know, technological as well as well, biological. Well, even so long as it evolved... Because he's saying that it's sort of like, it sounds like he's going in the direction of it was a created, you know, it's a created thing that somebody lost control well, of. Well, yeah, and it, well, it, it, in, in Prometheus, you know, spoiler alert, anybody hasn't seen it, it is a designed right, mechanical thing that infects a biological organism yeah. and then evolves into something else through right. that. Right. Bar- actually, and actually into two something else's there. So, you know, I can see it having to evolve yet again and probably even a couple more times before it reaches the point of the the alien that we're familiar with from the, you know, the modern franchise. And my brain screams, what is wrong with keeping the mystery? Well, there's what, that what, too. Ma- what makes aliens so <clears throat> compelling when they visit that ship? Yeah, is that you don't is know what you, it is, where it came from. You don't know what you're looking at. That, that alien, you can, can't tell where it's ends and the thing it's sitting in begins right and and it's the mystery is so compelling and prometheus destroyed that mystery right made it completely uninteresting and made it yeah and got rather complicated i mean sometimes i like the idea of something with a relatively simple origin that just spun wildly out of control or and you're touching on another thing that i've commented on before what i call the boba fett paradox where you go to explain something and then you either don't really explain it or you you take so much mystery out of it it's just like ah it's the rom rob zombie halloween complex rob zombie made michael myers a very uninteresting character and if you make that part of canon which i don't think they did then all of them going back become uninteresting because you now know what Myers is behind the mask instead of this force of nature that was a mystery. Right. So, so go ahead, Prometheus. Continue your, your 
probing of beautiful origin. <laughs> At the probing. same time, who are we kidding? We're probably going to watch it anyway. Of course we are. Yeah. Because that's... That's what we do, yeah. except Paul. I got better things to do. There yeah. we go. He's, he's got the Pac-Man cartoon DVD to watch. Oh, he's, got, he's fine. It's so good. <laughs> it keeps getting better with age. Speaking of getting better with age, news you don't give a shit about. Here the classic 80s TV series, The A-Team, is going to be rebooted by 20th Century Fox. Mm-hmm. series is being developed by Fast and Furious writer-producer Chris Morgan. He's also executive producing the series with TV director Tawny McKiernan, who is the daughter of the original series creator, Stephen J. Cannell. Uh, and then there's the Sleepy Hollow executive producer, Albert Kim, who is writing the upcoming adaptation. According to the report, quote, the new A-Team revolves around a diverse team of American Special Forces operatives. Unlike the original all-male squad, the new team will include both male and female members. The group has been framed for a crime they didn't commit and set out to clear their names by uncovering the black ops conspiracy that set them up. Along the way, they are driven to help those in need by using their singular military skills, high-tech expertise, and often conflicting individual approaches. It's described as a fun episode, Mission of the Week show, that mixes big action adventure sequences and compelling characters, inventive cons, and lots of humor, unquote. So I don't understand why they didn't continue with that film franchise. I believe the film did decent, right? It, it did decent at the box office, but I don't think it, like... You know, really, not enough yeah, to go like super we need a super. And I guess uh, some of those performers would cost a whole heap of money now. You're right. They I think would. Bradley Cooper would cripple the. Uh, I guess you're right at this point. Bradley Cooper would between Bradley Cooper and Liam Neeson to be forget about it. So if you if you need more A team, it, it's coming. And I'm I'm interested how Fox is going to go forward with this. I thought Universal still owned the rights to that. Now maybe it's a maybe it's a joint thing. Who knows? But obviously, it should be. Fox. Yeah. Oh, and that's not all, my friends. News don't give a shit about a oh. reboot parade. Uh-oh. This is basically happening. Uh, Men in Black producers confirm they're not only are they doing a reboot, but there are bigger plans for the franchise to continue on. So they're starting over Men in Black. Other reboots slash remakes in development include Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Major League, Young Guns, and Flying Tigers. Jeez. I Everything old is new again. Yeah, but I, I really can't imagine an Ace Ventura Pet Detective reboot yeah, I, working at all. I, they did some it's, cartoon. It's so, it's so integral to Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah. It, that, that's what I'm saying. They did this cartoon a while back that had some other vocal talent, and it just didn't work. And then they did like a young Ace Ventura, which is supposed to be Ace Ventura's son. Terrible. I didn't even know this existed. Yeah, I, I just it came across it on TV one day. It was on one of the movie channels. I, I think I watched 10 minutes of it and went, yeah, no. But, uh, yeah, it's, I just, it's one of those kind of roles that you just can't imagine somebody else being able to own like he owned that character. So... In fact, in this same lineup, and I had to pull it out because they retracted it almost immediately, uh, they were also talking of rebooting The Exorcist, uh, remaking that movie. Wow. They've already done that once before, haven't they? Uh, no, they've, they haven't rebooted it. They've added more titles right. to it. Yeah, no. But, but uh, Morgan Creek, uh, the, I don't know if it was the author of The Exorcist or if it was Friedkin himself that went out there and said, um, don't be doing this at all. 
And then Morgan Creek said, don't worry, we're not. And then that disappeared from their list all of a sudden. (laughs) So that's not happening. But these others are still on the list. Uh, Young Guns, Major League. Does that really need a reboot? Uh, I mean, I think you could do Major League not necessarily as a reboot, but with an entirely new cast. Sure, but... Uh, do you have anything new to say with, with it? It's it's basically every sports movie. Yeah, you know, no, Major League that's, that's has been thing. retold before that. Yeah, it itself exactly. is a remake. Yeah, of other films. You know the the whole disjointed bad, quote, quote bad unquote bears, team man. that learns how to be a team. Yeah, it's bad no. news bears. I mean, shoot, even even Major League itself had what three yes, sequels? One of them straight to video. I remember the one that went straight uh, with Scott Bakula. I think that's the one that went straight to video. That Scott Bakula. I think Bakula was the second one. Oh. No, that's the second one was uh, was a theatrical release. I know, but I think the one oh, Bakula oh. was in was the second one. The second sequel, Major League Two. Major League Two was a theatrical. Release. It <laughs> I know. I'm not it, saying it, it wasn't a straight to video. I'm saying that Bakula was in Major League Two, Major whatever League, release it was. Major League Two did not have Bakula in it. Major League Two had all the entire cast. Seriously? Um, yeah. Uh, the uh, the shortstop that uh, was played by uh, Willie Mays Hayes. No, not not him. Uh, the the rich guy, the the shortstop. I, why can't Corbin? I think of his? Yeah, Corbin Burnson's character bought the team. I'm on a first name basis with Mr. Burnson. So. Yeah. So Corbin like Burnson's character buys the team in the second one and then eventually has to sell it off to the original uh, lady that was the owner in the first. Well, can, and and that's, that's, uh, that's, that's the plot of the, well, can, that's the, plot of the, the second one. Consider me corrected. I, I, but I think there are at least didn't two realize other You threw down with 80s Jeff, I know fucker. It. Guess and what you got? Uh, apparently, I missed the canon yeah. of Major League. Well, you mess with the bull, you get the balls. <laughs> did somebody just tweet or retweet, Paul? I did. I'm tweeting. Uh-huh. Okay. That's why my phone went off. <laughs> Sorry. Weekend Geek! So it's not like we're like recording a show or anything. I, I'm managing a... Uh, Multitasking. Uh, a multi-million dollar empire. That's right. <laughs> A multimedia empire. Multimedia. <laughs> Multi-million dollar? No. Multi-million dollar, no. <laughs> I'm managing a multi-dollar empire. <laughs> Damn, that was what I was going to say. <laughs> Disney has released the official details of the new Star Wars-themed experiences coming to Disneyland. These are for their Season of the Force event that starts on November 16th. will be taking place at both Disneyland in Anaheim and in Orlando. Oh, shit. Uh, this is the list of things that will be taking place at the Disneyland theme park. Uh, what? S- Star Wars Launch Bay. This new area will offer opportunities to visit with favorite Star Wars characters, special exhibits, peaks at the upcoming Star Wars The Force Awakens, and much more. Star Tours, the adventure continues. Oh, man. This popular attraction will feature a new scene inspired by the upcoming film, Star Wars Force Awakens. Jedi Training, Trials of the Temple, coming in December. A twist on the Jedi Training experience will include new characters and a new villain from the popular Disney XD series, Star Wars Rebels. What series is that from? It's uh, Star Wars Rebels. What show is that on? I think it's on Disney XD. XD! The D stands for dick. X stands for extra. Come get some. Disney XD. Are you low on dick? Come on by. Disney XD is ready to give you lots of dick. In fact, extra dick. Dick. XD. The D stands for dick. D for Dickens. X for extra. D diggity do. 
Extra D, that's for you. On Disney XD, all the dick, all the damn day. All the dick you'll ever damn need. Extra dick. You think you've got enough dick? No way. Extra dick. Here comes some extra. You want more dick? You got it. Extra dick on Disney XD. All the dick ever. Everybody's dick. Right here on Disney XD. You're dicking. You can't miss it. There's so many dicks. Extra dicks. Dick. There are no dicks dick. left. Dick. All the dicks are gone. No. Nope. There's more. Extra dick. Dick, 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 dick. Hyperspace Mountain. For a limited time, guests will join an X-Wing starfighter battle in this reimagining of the classic Space Mountain attraction. An opportunity to revisit favorite scenes from classic Star Wars films at Tomorrowland Theater. And Disney also provided details on their Star Wars land expansion. The groundbreaking for the project is scheduled to take place 2016. will be their largest single land expansion ever, covering 14 acres of land at both parks. Uh, quote, work to make room for this new land at Disneyland Park in California will require the rivers of America and the Disneyland Railroad will close temporarily. I was going to say, quote. it's basically taking out Tom Sawyer Island. Basically, right? yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the following will suspend operations until the end of operating day, January 10th. Disneyland Railroad, including all stations. Attractions along rivers of America, like Fantasmic, uh, Mark Twain Railboat, Sailing Ship Columbia, Pirate's Lair, Tom Sawyer Island, David Crockett Explorer, Canoes. Tom Sawyer Island and them canoes are all going to turn into Kashik. Watch, mark my words. Is that what you think? Mark my words. Kashik or an Ewok village? I got a feeling it's going to be Ewok <laughs> village, actually. Oh. <laughs> uh, now, Big Thunder Ranch... Including Big uh, Thunder Ranch, which is that area that's kind of seasonal that <laughs> it's off to the side and no one really goes to. That's where it includes Big Thunder Ranch barbecue. Big, Big Thunder Ranch. Big Thunder Ranch petting farm. Big Thunder Ranch heavy petting farm. And Big Thunder Ranch jamboree. Big Thunder Ranch heavy petting jamboree. Will close permanently at the end of operating day, January 10th. Now, does that mean that the Country Bear Jamboree is going away? That oh. went away already. No! Oh, bullshit! Yeah, I remember hearing Disneyland, about that's that. gone. Yeah, I heard that. Disney World is still there, but Disneyland is gone. I think that's they made that rid of that to put in the absolutely terrible Winnie Pooh honey pots. Oh, the honey pots! Those are those. That's great. Winnie the Pooh themed with Russian sex spies. I thought was just a great idea, and it's really a direction Disney extra oh, dick needs to go. Christopher Robin, don't date that beautiful woman. She's clearly a commie. <laughs> oh, bother. Oh, bother. <laughs> Piglet, he's in terrible trouble. <laughs> I don't know, Pooh. Pussy has a way of doing crazy <laughs> shit to a man's brain. <laughs> Christopher Robin, come, come back to your senses. Leave that... Dirty commie poon alone. <laughs> oh, the wonderful thing about commies. Commies are wonderful things. <laughs> they shred the capitalist economy. <laughs> they free the working class from oppression. And I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh and the honey pots and the last commie. <laughs> Hilarious. Stars is working on a horror comedy series called Trapped, which is being developed by the team of Mila Kunis and Rob Zombie. They have teamed up to produce the series, and Zombie is set to direct. The series was created by Joey Salmon, who is behind Arrested Development. 
And the story, quote, takes place over a single night in the home of a wealthy family under attack by a murderous cult. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hayley Kunis and Rob Zombie producing. Interesting. Interesting team. If it gets Mila Kunis shaking her stuff to Rob Zombie music, I'm in. There you go. Wow. If there's something for everyone. Is that what it takes? I guess that's what it takes. Man. That's what it's going to be. H.P. Lovecraft's The Color Out of Space is being adapted for the screen by writer-director Richard Stanley, whose last directorial effort, Dust Devil, came out in 1992. The Color Out of Space, first published in 1927, remains one of the most acclaimed works of Lovecraft's career. It was his personal favorite of all of his stories, as considered the first of his tales to overtly blend horror and science fiction. The de- uh, story deals with a meteorite that crashes on a remote farm and unleashes an alien entity in the form of colors that are unrecognizable within the visible spectrum. The colors mutate the plant and animal life on the farm while slowly driving the farmer and his family insane. The story was adapted for the screen twice before as Die Monster Die, starring Boris Karloff in 65, and as The Curse in 1987. Uh, Richard Stanley first arrived on the scene in 1990 with his cult sci-fi movie Hardware, moving on to the troubled... This is that Richard Stanley. Yeah, that Richard Stanley. In 96, began filming an adaptation of The Island of Dr. Moreau, starring Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer, but was removed from the project just after a few days. The story of that disastrous production, chronicled in the documentary Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. Highly recommended. So this is Stanley's first movie since Dust Devil in 92. I tried watching that doc. I kept falling asleep during it. I literally just it. I don't know if it's just his voice is so monotone and so soft, and I have to keep turning up the volume every time he'd come on. What the documentary? And, yeah, the documentary, The Lost Souls. Well, I, I kept nodding off. I you you got to return to it and stick with it because I'll know, try. It's but, a documentary about the movie, which means he vanishes about halfway through the documentary. Yeah, I'll he's gone. <laughs> he's gone after the first yeah, 15, and, 20 minutes, and then he comes back at the end for some end commentary. But he is. He's gone for a huge chunk of it all right which is a a lot of the interesting stuff it's pretty cool apparently gone for a huge chunk of time my word yeah so yeah we're gonna see a richard stanley movie and it's gonna be a lovecraft picture apropos yeah Yeah. fits we'll see maybe that'll inspire guillermo to do mountains of madness probably not oh no he's too busy doing pacific rim too apparently not it's getting shut down it's going back again it's back on again Mm -hmm. lucky yeah (laughs) That's fine. <laughs> do your thing, yo. I'm done. I'm done. You know, do your thing. I'll talk shit about it, but do your thing. I won't say you can't. Yeah. Never say you can't of do it. Of course not. Just, but, it's but not it the right be, movie to but do. But it will be critiqued. It's just not the right movie to do. It's just do Evangelion, goddammit. <laughs> do what you meant to do. I got a feeling whoever ends up doing the Evangelion movie will not do it justice. It'll never happen. You don't think so? It'll no. never be what he wants it to be. It will never happen, as long as Hideo, uh, uh, as long as he's alive, uh, it's not going to happen. He's not going to be alive forever. I don't think so. Well, we got the human, final movie is not even out yet, and the Human League is going to do the uh, music. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. <laughs> Key and Peele just ended. And Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele are already busy with upcoming projects. The duo is reuniting to work on a stolen kitten film called Keanu. 
And now the rap reports that Peel is branching off to write and direct a new horror film called Get Out for Bloomhouse Productions. The project will explore race as it, quote, follows a young African-American man who visits his Caucasian girlfriend's family estate, unquote. Peel has this to say. People know me for my work in comedy, but now I'll get to focus on my passion for writing and directing horror films. Like comedy, horror has the ability to provoke thought and further the conversation on real social issues in a very powerful way. Get Out takes on the task of exploring race in America, something that really hasn't been done with the genre since Night of the Living Dead 47 years ago. That's a fact. It's long overdue. Isn't that the fact? Yeah. Until he said that, I'm like, you're right. It's not since that original Romero picture. Yeah. And Wow. It's such a good picture, and and that's what really caused the the waves back then. It wasn't the fact that it was a zombie movie that was more horrific than anything prior. Sure, that was part of it, but the fact that your protagonist was a black man, and it didn't matter to the story that he was. Right? Yeah, and it also didn't really matter I mean, to most of the characters. Some of the characters, if I recall, had an issue with it, but I mean, sure. primarily, it was just like, okay... We're all trapped in this house. What are we going to do? You know, it had nothing. Yeah, and people like, it's like, whoa, he's in the lead. Oh, no. Have you guys pretty terrible. heard the story about uh, uh, Key? Uh, people speculating that he's a half-brother for with Dwayne McDuffie? Have you heard that oh. story? No. Yeah, he mentioned in an interview he discovered That's a possibility he had some half brothers because he has Key apparently has this really wild history origin story. Yeah, and um, uh, he did a dis- he went on a search and found he ha- he had two half brothers because both of them are deceased. And he said one of them was uh, worked in comics DC and Marvel, and people are speculating it was uh, Dwayne, Dwayne McDuffie, McDuffie, but no. I have not heard or found wow. out any... Cause oh, man. I guess he didn't say a name. It'd make a lot of sense. Hmm. I just keep watching old episodes of uh, Justice League and um, and different DC animated stuff. and Like the old 70s ones? No, no, no. The recent stuff. Oh, okay. Like Unlimited and... Yeah. Okay. I got and you. Uh, every time Dwayne McDuffie's name comes up, it's a kick-ass episode. He just did it right. Yeah. It's a damn yeah. shame. He'd gone way too soon. That, yeah, yeah. That was a... That the was superior a, episodes yeah. have his touch mm-hmm. in some respect. But how many episodes of that show is there? Gosh. I would have to look it up. Okay. There's... Uh, I'm going to say... Because, I mean, it, it was the same series, but they changed the name. Unlimited. Okay. Like Unlimited had three seasons, and the original had four Probably seven seasons total, I think. I can tell you in a second. Maybe not even quite. I think it was fewer no, was than that. I just for an estimate. It might have been fewer than that. Yeah. I don't need an exact number. I'd say around 80. I was okay. terribly disappointed how short the that run was, actually. Unlimited? Just yeah, Justice thing. League and Justice League Unlimited. It, I was like all the, set for, when I got my DVDs and everything, I was all set for endless viewing, and I was oh no. appalled at how quickly it was over. It's kind of like uh, Avengers Earth Mightiest, right? That. Yeah, that's Kinda, a sort of yeah. I mean, a, it's really that's short. a damn shame that one. Yeah, that had it going on. Yeah, I've been, I I've been giving series. a lot of those a lot of chance, but I gave that one a chance, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, it was good. CBS is set to develop a series inspired by H.G. Wells' classic sci-fi novel, The Island of Doctor Moreau. Uh, speaking of, that's interesting. Yeah, 
The series is being created by Philip Iskov, who is the creator of NBC's Sleepy Hollow. The Island of Dr. Moreau was published in 1896, centers on a man shipwrecked on an island where the t- title character resides. It's on there on the island that he creates a human-animal hybrid being, or being, sorry, of, by using controversial practice known as vivisection. The TV drama will center on, quote, the fiercely intelligent and fearless Dr. Catherine Moreau as she expands the boundaries of medicine through bold and revolutionary scientific experimentation and treatments in her privately funded island hospital, unquote. So the island of Dr. Moreau. Ooh, gender switch up. Gender switch up. Interesting. I don't know. It's not the gender switch up that that does it. It's It's just the whole, I don't know, a series. Well, look. One of the interesting things about the very original mm-hmm. was a concept of the hybrids creating their own culture. So from a series standpoint, oh, okay. if you were to look at it that way, watching this this attempt or this struggle to create identity, I mean, in, in terms of a lot of modern uh, political and social talking, creating identity, defining yourself, making a place for yourself – um, pulling yourself from the ashes of something that was destroyed could be, dude. If, they, mean, if that's the know, way they're going with Paul, it, Paul's not not impressed. No, I'm just like if you're in the writers' room, they have a they have a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what you're describing is not what I think of this, I'm I don't think any <laughs> of this. I don't think they even think about that at all. Mm-hmm. I think I mean because you know, and what they were talking about in the documentary, how the original book was really just an anti-vivisection book. Yeah. Because people were cutting up animals and putting them together and doing all kind of weird yeah, shit. Vivisection means alive. They were alive when that shit was happening. Yeah, it was terrible. So creepy. It was yeah. So That's it was awful. really just a don't cut up animals book in a lot of ways. Um, so that was what the discussion was about. I think you know it can be taken to of course further analogies, but I don't I I don't know that any of that. Right. I would love yeah, to what see you're it. describing is what, what I'd you're like to seeing, see. what yeah. you're talking about that's is what series. attracted me to Lost. Is uh-huh. when you're watching Lost, you see this weird sub uh, society, right? right? Living on the island all by themselves, you know, they doing their own thing and isolation and they set up all these weird tribal rights and what have yous and they're going through that same kind of thing right now in season five of Walking Dead that I'm watching. Mm, yeah. It's that same kind of vibe as what Lost had uh, in season four of Lost. Yeah. So uh, I dig that concept. And I, yeah, sure. Very fertile ground for those kinds of ideas to be <laughs> mm-hmm. explored. I think they're just going to go, look at that monkey eat that lady. <laughs> Shoot it. <laughs> I mean, like, really, like I, I wish it would be more than that, but it's going to be just right. like, I know. That monkey fucked a woman. Kill that hyena man. <laughs> Why are you killing me? Well, the monkey fucked a woman. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> God damn it. That is justice. <laughs> Two legs <laughs> suck. Justice for the dog guy. <laughs> I'm the dog guy. <laughs> I'm the dog guy. I run the burger stand. Certainly by the second season, it's going to devolve to that. Wait a minute. Shouldn't the dog guy run the dog stand? The Gross. hot dog stand? Gross. <laughs> No, the hot dog no, stand. Gross. No, he said roof, roof. That's what he said. <laughs> gross, gross. I would not run the hot dog stand. I thought about that. That's gross. Why would I sell dogs to be eaten? No, hot dogs. That they're, doesn't matter. They're not. They're made from cows. Conceptually, they're not. They're made. From, well, some are. 
<laughs> and pigs. Oh, wait, no. Right, see, now you're getting into it. Now you see. Chicken, pork, and beef. All in one. Ugh. Ooh, the chicken man. I want to see a chicken man what? in uh, Island of Dr. Moreau. Remember, oh, they should get... Uh, might more likely to see that name? American Horror Story. What's his name from um, Kids in the Hall? Mark... Uh, oh, shit. Mark... Uh, oh, God. Anyway, he Mark should Billier. be... Mark <laughs> Billier. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's the other one. Uh, he should be... Uh, he should be Chicken Lady. It'd be oh, so man. good. Hey. Oh, Hey. Hey. Oh, that's right. Enjoying that omelet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Straight out of my body and onto your plate. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying, Dr. Moreau's already been done. <laughs> done to death. <laughs> done to death. Gotta get laid. Gotta get laid. <laughs> gravel and grubs. Gravel and grubs. Love my gravel and grubs. Whoop. <laughs> 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 I love that she exploded when she orgasmed. <laughs> Feathers. <laughs> It's the best kind of orgasm. <laughs> Feather went everywhere. Oh. That's all it's going to be. It's going to be exploding chicken ladies having <laughs> orgasms, people shooting dogs, and monkeys fucking ladies. I now smell high ratings. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I smell something. Yeah, suddenly the writer's room is like, oh my God, have you listened to this podcast? They've got so many great ideas. Scrap it all. We're starting over. <laughs> Come, coming to the CW, right? <laughs> Homeboys from Dr. Moreau. <laughs> Homeboys from the island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> Dr. Weave World. J.K. Rowling is working on a... St- what the who? J.K. Rowling. And the role of fact-checked Andy will be filled by Master Torgo. <laughs> J.K. Rowling is working on a stage production called Harry Potter and the Cursed Child that debuts in London next year. The author has announced the new play will be split into two parts... The report indicates those schedules are still being worked out. Quote, parts one and two will be performed on consecutive weekdays, while at weekends, audiences will be able to watch both parts in one day. That's a lot of show. Yes. Hubris. Yeah. Hubris. That's going to be Is interesting. Is that the name of the cursed works. child? <laughs> Hubris. Hubris Potter. It should be. Hubris. Hubris. It's, a, it's one of the Weasley children. <laughs> yeah. Hubris Weasley Potter. Wouldn't you, that be a mind fuck? You think it's that? Hubris or you think it's just... Weasley turns out to be a muggle. Oh. Actually has um, um you know has power. We just saved you two hundred forty dollars of West End, folks. There <laughs> you he go. Got a, he got a, a muggle uncle. <laughs> but but it's a Weasley. Oh, no, I, just... I love the muggles, uncle. Uh huh. He loves the muggles, uncle. Uh huh. Uncle he loves, loves the you. Muggles, no, I'm uncle, sorry. And I the muggles, up. uncle, loves me too. <laughs> I fu- well, that's Paul's Potter. Yeah, Paul's Potter. No, I fucked up. I was thinking Dursleys. Of course, you, of course, you were. Yeah, Dursleys have. A- Everyone confuses Dursley and Weasleys. <laughs> It's a common mistake. <laughs> okay, I feel better I have now. No Dude, idea what what are you <laughs> no, no, the, the family, the adoptive, the, the foster family. Yeah, you know the Dursleys. Again, the sister. I have no idea what <laughs> oh, you're talking okay. about. You don't watch the Harry Potters? <laughs> Jeff Jeff loves pop culture except for Harry Potter. Really? Yeah. You never watched the Harry it, Potters? It never grabbed me. He's Potterless. I watched the first mm. film and uh, what was the other one? Prisoner of Azkaban? Well, the Chris Columbus movies. What do you expect? So, mm. yeah, and neither of them were like. Okay. I read the first I, four books, so I, I enjoyed well, it. Yeah, everybody That's tells me the down. books are fantastic, and I just, it's... Yeah. Well, I couldn't get past it's, four, so I don't know. There you I go. stalled the, in three, yeah, I think. I, I even had the audio books, but oh, I still wow. stalled. Yeah. 
I've always been more into the sci-fi than the fantasy anyway. Well, fuck you. The, <laughs> the, mag- the magic and the wizardry thing just never really was my sure. my thing. Sure, so sure. I yeah. get he the He hates Game of Thrones. No. I get the appeal <laughs> for people for the Harry Potter books. They're just not my thing. So. I get it. If Harry Potter had a spaceship, he'd have been all over that shit. If he was a space wizard... Why not Harry Potter in space? Instead, guys, of, well, elevator pitch. It was, it was called. Why are we not on the elevator called, right now? It was guys. called Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Harry Potter in space. It is Star Wars. That's you're right. right. Jedi it's, Academy. That's going to be the show. Well, no. I mean, Star Wars was Harry Potter in space. It is. Yeah. And he just took away the space and made it Harry Potter. <laughs> Captured. I made uh, Owen Lars and Aunt Brew really shitty people. <laughs> oh. Who are the Dursleys? Really? <laughs> so there you go. It's true. Yeah. Kept him in there. Drink your blue milk and then go back under the stairs. Yeah, Touchy Luke. Uncle Dursley. <laughs> 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 Harry Potter is written by Paul. <laughs> Harry, Harry didn't move an inch because he knew. <laughs> the slightest movement would set Touchy Uncle Dursley into a fit of ecstasy. <laughs> I thought it was a fit of passion. It's whatever you gotta you want change it, to be. it up. Okay, you gotta change it up, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> growing with the times here. All right, <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's not using those arts vernaculars. <laughs> I'm no millennial. <laughs> Captured is a new film that purports to tell the story of the first reported alien abduction in America. Mm, which one is that? Variety Arnie Re- and Betty Hill. That's right. Is that it? Yeah. Variety reports husband and wife team Bryce and Jackie Zabel will produce the film with Bryce Zabel scripting based on the 2007 book Captured, the Betty and Barney Hill UFO Experience, the true story of the world's first documented a- alien abduction. <gasps> That's the title. <laughs> Betty and now imagine ass probing during this. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's my rectum. The whole abduction scene will take place at 15 frames a second, then played back at 30. <laughs> Tears are funnier when sped up. <laughs> Tears are funnier. <laughs> yeah, they could do it all silent movie style, like with the black and white. <laughs> they do the 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 place cards for it's the, the like, Betty and Barney Hill probed. show. <laughs> <laughs> and they always start with that song. <laughs> Betty is about to be probed. Ooh, <laughs> uh, it, ooh, you cheeky! The, the image is blowing me, blowing my mind too, because in the original TV movie that they did in the seventies. James Earl Jones was uh, Barney Hill. Oh, and really? So I'm oh, seeing yeah. James Earl Jones running around at uh, <laughs> Benny Hill speed <laughs> in a spaceship. She slapped his head. Stop dancing up there. Yeah. That's a... <laughs> oh, shit. Betty and Barney Hill were a couple from Portsmouth, New Hampshire, who claimed to have been abducted by aliens on September 19th, 1961. Is that where Betty and Barney Rubble got their names? I Maybe. don't think so. I doubt it. That, it Flintstones predates that. Just no! 19, they predate 1961? 61? Yeah. Was it 61? 61. I, it, no, I don't know. Not, no, I guess it's maybe not. it's All right. Okay. No, it's, these guys got their name from the Flintstones. <laughs> ah, of course. <laughs> That's right. The couple claimed the aliens experimented on them, then returned them to Earth, and that they lost memories due to the event, which were later recovered through hypnosis. 
According to Jack Isabelle, the film will also capture, uh, explore themes of racial segregation and Cold War paranoia and how those tied into Hills's case. Quote, they're an interracial couple in a country that still had segregation laws, and they lived in a city that was next door to a bomber base bristling with nuclear weapons, she said. What they knew and why they were targeted will make for a phenomenal film, unquote. Now, I, of course, believe all the abduction scenario shit is bunk, but I used to be really into it when I was younger. Yes. I'm still into yes, it, I even though I don't think right. anything of most of it, it's, especially the hypnosis yeah. recovered well, memory stuff. That's all been... Yeah, I was going to say, recovered memory has been scientifically Talk about disproved. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Many that's the times. reason why the satanic panic happened in the 80s right. so entirely. Dumb. So I remember all that bullshit. So, so stupid. Already I have no members. memory of it. Ah, too bad, Kirsten. You had a touchy Uncle Satan. <laughs> but what's fascinating Uncle is this is the first abduction scenario, and all the stories that came out afterwards were kind of based on this. Yeah, yeah. So they all sound the they, same. They were informed by the other. Right. Well, of course, Just, it was the same aliens. What well, this was even this was even right after Roswell. And it Roswell was, was forty-seven. Yeah, this yeah. was after Roswell, and this was. After a few of those films started coming out, sure the, the Hollywood buzz sure, started. Yeah, up. sure, and the fact that you know flying saucer mm-hmm. is a mistaken term anyway, right? Because uh, in case you're not aware, the first reported case of a, the word flying saucer being used was when a newspaper misquoted a Air Force airman who saw something in the sky and he said it skipped across the sky like a saucer. And they misquoted him as saying that it was a flying saucer, and that hit the vernacular. So he didn't even see that, but that's now the image right. in the public mind. Well, and also people still think UFO means alien, and UFO is any object that they've unidentified. You know, unidentified. So you know, it was frequently used in the military prior to the whole alien scare thing. Foo Fighters. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, we've got a UFO, and you know they're trying to lock it in on radar, et cetera, et cetera. And usually it was just, you know, some private pilot that straight out of their flight plan or whatever. But, yeah. So it's, just the fact yeah. that I love the alien abduction scenario films, I'm so behind this this one right here, especially if they're making it, you know, to the period and with the segregational aspect. I'm, I'm down. I'm in. Oh, and Flintstones was 1960, so. So there it is. Yeah. They did name themselves after it. Could be. Ha! Yeah. Could be. An original slave Leia metal bikini from Return of the Jedi is hitting the auction block. This is not the exact Tatooine swimwear worn by Carrie Fisher in 1983 Star Wars sequel, but the first finished costume used on set and rehearsals, then later altered and resized due to Fisher's weight loss during the film's shooting. Profiles in history, the Hollywood memorabilia art. Artifact Auction House will offer this Slave Leia costume as part of a historic Star Wars collection that also includes a prototype Darth Vader helmet, original shooting scripts, posters, actual movie cameras, screen-used Rebel Fleet Trooper tunic and helmet, and a Rebel Blockade Runner filming miniature. Their Hollywood auction number 74 is open to the public, runs from September 29th, hey, that's today, to October 1st. At the Profiles in History main offices in Calabasas, California, uh, designed by ILM, sorry, ILM veteran Richard Miller, the Slave Leia outfit lot has a pre-auction estimate of $80,000 to $120,000, 
will also include alternate versions of the costume rejected by George Lucas, as well as several oh, sketches. That, one, that one's awful sexy. Get that out of here. Notes, design, yeah, and that, paint that, studies. That gave, that gave me a tickle in my pickle. Get yeah. that gone. And a display mannequin. Oh, that looks good. That one looks real good. <laughs> and a letter of authentication signed by Miller. That one looks real good. Give me that one. The one that makes me angry. now there's also other props and costumes being offered at the event like perfect quince harpoon gun and machete from jaws ron howard's white 1958 impala used in american graffiti a 35 millimeter panavision camera used to film the exorcist a screen used xenomorph head from alien signed by geeger uh, harrison ford's kangaroo hide bullwhip from indiana jones trilogy a jedi sarlacc tooth William Shatner's blonde hairpiece from Star Trek, the original series, and more. Wow. Wow. wonder how they got their hands on that one. Wow. <laughs> there it is. They get their hands on some deep shit. I mean, they, they oh, yeah. are... I mean, you can't go to that auction unless you your pockets are bulging. Yeah, I was going to say that Quint Harpoon gun would be awesome, but... Uh, yeah, yeah I, I look at those things all the time. Uh, I used to watch the show Hollywood Treasure that was based on that, that company. And the the prices that some of this stuff goes for is ridiculous. I mean, yeah, there's smaller lots that, you know, go for a couple hundred dollars. And then uh, there's another uh, prop house that I get emails from because we did, uh, you know, press info exchange back in. We started is this the, the one Comic-Con that goes to Comic-Con all the time? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I, I, and I'm it's... Sucks, I'm forgetting the name of the It's a cool part of Comic-Con house. that auction yeah. house is there all the time and displaying yeah. their next big right. set, and there's always neat things in that. And they're always emailing me, like, the, you know, info of their new auctions, including, like, the catalog, and it's amazing looking through this catalog and seeing the stuff that they, hey, they're they about to auction off, and then they put the estimated starting bids in there, and you're looking at it going, what? <laughs> there's no way. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have the fat cash. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a... It's a rich person's collector person's game, is what it is now. Marvel drops some preview pages from the new comic Extraordinary X-Men, which reveal a major arc that will kick off once things settle down post-Secret Wars and the all-new, all-different universe takes effect. The Inhumans are about to be bigger than mutants. <laughs> they're about to be mutants. Yeah. And in the process, they're killing a boatload of the X-Men's brethren. The preview pages... Zorp. Reveal that a new release of pure Terrigan Mist, a.k.a. the MacGuffin that activates the powers of Inhumans. Terragon is what's killing the yes. mutants? That's right. Or is it Terrigen? Terragon! I think it might be <laughs> Terrigen. It's right. Terragon! Terragon Mist <laughs> is providing to be toxic for mutants. Oh, man. Oh, Create- can't have Indian food. Creating a new disease. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the Avengers can go have shawarma yeah, and nobody else that's can. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. They didn't, you, did you see Quicksilver hanging out in the restaurant with them? Hell no. <laughs> he knows better. Terragon. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Creating a new disease that starts wiping them out in the near future. Mm. Yeah, Wiping out all the mutants all, all nobody the, yeah, are yes. invented to be killed. Yeah. Worse than that, that's also sterilizing them. Meaning no more mutants. So it sterilizes <laughs> them after it kills them? This is this is the craziest shit I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. On the surface. It's a giant corporation yeah. creatively murdering 
another corporation's IP. Yes. It's the most bizarre shit I've ever seen yeah. in my life. On the surface, this should be make for a storytelling opportunity that harkens back to the old age trope of the X-Men being on the fringe of society. You know what this reminds but- me of? This reminds me of, remember Laser Blast? Jesus Christ, Laser that, Blast? That movie, That yes. fucking movie? It was pretty Remember terrible. how it starts off with him shooting that sign that says Star Wars? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this is. They're shooting a sign that says Fox X-Men yeah. Productions. <laughs> this is an obvious play by the publisher to position Inhumans as the new mutants in the Marvel comic universe since they have the full film rights to those characters while mutants and the X-Men are tangled up with Fox. Considering a full-fledged Inhumans film is in the pipe, and Inhumans are already playing a major role in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we'd expect these changes to the comic universe to be fairly permanent. Which the season premiere is tonight. Yeah. Now, Marvel Fer- likely permanent. isn't... Right. Yeah, Marvel likely is anything in the comics yeah. universe. <laughs> it's going to be permanent until they get the rights. Yeah. Which, yeah, they're not vindictive enough to kill think? off the Golden Goose comic property, but the X-Men's role in the large universe diminished. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen, Carson? Oh, I have no idea. I know, man. but you have a, a storied comic book uh, history. History. You've, you've been there, done that. Been reading these books for a long oh, fucking reading. time. Oh, reading. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Did I miss when <laughs> I made my comics? I, you know what, dude? This, this really... It's, this is new. It's funny. It's like... It's like a. Uh, I don't want to be super insulting to the Marvel people. It's it, but it's kind of like a fourteen-year-old kid is CEO of Marvel, and it's just like you can't play with my Fox. toys anymore. Yeah, you know. And it's just funny, especially since I really like the Fox X Men movies. I think they're doing a grand old job. They're I really making have money. liked. I really have liked the. I haven't liked them. hated them except for that third thing. Sure, but even the oh, people oh, involved hate no, that I'm, one. I'm, I'm, I, right now, I'm looking. Stuff. I'm looking at two. X-Men Phase Two. Shall we got call it? it? Got it. Got okay. It. And I thought X-Men, the, the singer first verse. X-Men. Well, the singer well, oh, stuff no. is oh, good. Oh, right? the singer stuff was good. It was good. But and the new singer. But stuff. really, the way the way the, the the last two movies have sort of erased things in terms of just the the IP fight and all that stuff. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah. They're good movies. They're making good movies. I think they're going to continue to make good movies. It looks like they're going to make a good Deadpool movie. So the fight itself is kind of weird. And, of course, Marvel denies that this is what they're doing. But, but I mean, Jesus. They, sh- they shut down Fantastic Four already. Right, of course, you know. And but the but thing I, is, I think the Inhumans, mm-hmm. they're storied. They, they go way back. Way back to early, early Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. But they don't have anywhere near the brand cachet that the X-Men do. And it's really weird how these these are comics, superheroes. It's a niche genre, right? But nevertheless, the, 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 the pieces that work really well when you bust into the mainstream is Superman and Batman and you know the well, Avengers. That's and been it, the it's, case. It's the stuff that is, that is so super old within the niche. Right, 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 right. Right. So now they're but trying so, to push. But they're figuring that out, though. So, because, I mean, Guardians goes back way the fuck back, too. Okay. Actually, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Guardians goes back, but the Guardians they used actually fairly yeah, Guardians recent. Guardians are recent, but but the idea of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Sure. And, and, and Groot's and, and, old school. And Ant Man even further back. Right. So, 
So I think maybe they are just going to be like, fuck it. Let's go back to the you're, 40s. You're, well, you know, you're. <laughs> that, I mean, the Guardians is a good point. They might actually be able to get I think that's an a, inhuman that's franchise a, that's going. That's a big part of why they're doing it so hard now is because of the success of Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. If sure. that movie had not taken off like it did, but it did, and, and now they don't have anybody competing with them for the rights to that stuff. Well, and it no, ties no, no, no. in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they want to have this maligned set of characters story, these fringes, these fringe superheroes that people don't like, but they can't tell the X-Men story. But in humans, they can tell that right. story. Right. right. So yeah. well, and it, it ties stories. in, too, because the Kree were a big part of Guardians of the Galaxy. And they're a big part of the Inhumans background. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I was going to get at. You know, they're you know, the basic creators of the Inhumans. So, so. okay. So, so you've got this you can, whole You know what? The Guardian's resource. argument turns me around. Maybe they might actually be able to do it and get, get oh, the Inhumans out I think out they'll there. do it. I, I'm, just, I'm just disappointed that, that it is the way it is. It would be awesome if everything was together under one right? roof. Because we saw be awesome. how great Wanda and Quicksilver could be. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> That, but but and Quicksilver that's, was also done yeah. pretty darn well in the X Men. Well, so. that that's and that's right. the other compelling thing is that both were good. It's not like you know, I really I really was not prepared to like Quicksilver in the X Men movie. I was totally like, give me a fucking break, and I really did like him. And so when Avengers came along and I really liked him, I'm like, holy shit, they can do both. Mm -hmm. Holy crap, that's pretty impressive. It'd be impressive to see more of that. But you're, we're not, you know, quick, uh, Pietro and Wanda are, are the exception to the rule. There isn't going to be any other kind of crossover. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be great if they just went the dual studio route and brought everything together and just played. And shared profits. But everybody wants their exclusives, I understand, and it's too bad, but it's weird. It's a weird little thing. You don't have to view what the, they're doing with the Inhumans as blanket malicious, because you can argue that they are diminishing the mutants, but they're doing it to bring up the Inhumans to make it a viable movie property, right. irrespective mm -hmm. of Fox's ownership. Which but is the, the same success story as they have with Guardians. Right. But, no, this, let's the, not. The, but there is, there is as, as Paul would call it, a little stinky whiff to it. That it makes it <laughs> amusing. Whiff? Jar Jar it actually <laughs> makes it amusing because, once again, whatever happened, we joked about it 10 minutes ago. Whatever yeah. happens in comics isn't permanent. No. no. Who gives a shit? Wanda did no more mutants a, a decade ago or something like that. They're all back. Now, let's not forget this probably spins out of a larger picture. Like, while Fox is doing really well with the X Men stuff, yeah. they're terribly failing with the other Marvel properties that they own. Mm hmm. Because and Marvel is taking a side. Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. Uh, they had Daredevil and lost it, right. of course. And we all know Ghost that Rider. one. And Ghost Rider. So, you know, the, the, fanta the latest Fantastic Four movie and the prior two, Marvel took really personally. And it could because be. they're like, we could have done so much great stuff with that right. stuff. So I feel like that's maybe their response to it, it's like it's like yes, you're doing well with this one property right, that you right. have the movie rights to. But based on your history with these others, we're not taking a chance that it could go bad, and we're going to start right. And it could be a concession. They're doing really well with X Men. Yeah. We're going to do the Inhumans. It could be that too. And we need to play up the Inhumans uh, to do that. So you know, I, I mean, mean, who knows? I, I mean, you know, it's funny because you're talking about this a couple weeks ago. I finished Rachel and Miles going over the mutant massacre. Okay, and Rachel and Miles are such wonderful 
angelic fans. This the one where the Morlocks. Oh, okay. the Reavers, uh, the Marauders. I think uh, wipe out the Morlocks, and it's so funny because the Morlocks are, is a mutant community that was ba- that live on in the tunnels in the under sewer. New York, and they were basically created for the purpose of having this massacre. So you could be like, oh my God, mutants were massacred. Now some of the regular X Men were dramatically affected by it. But overall, the mutant massacre was massacring a bunch of people we'd never heard before. It's just like the you know? uh, what was the the bomb that went off in uh, what was this, what was the place called? Oh, the that kicked off the Civil War. Yeah, what's that place called? Uh, some, I can't remember. Oh, the oh, the, the, uh, the yeah, the small town in it hit, yeah. blew up the New Warriors. Right, one of the New Warriors exploded. And yeah. yeah, it's like, oh and, no. But the New Warriors <laughs> at least were was was yeah. something of a property. But and what I'm hearing were. here with this whole, it's gonna kill mutants and. I, man, I just have a vision that there's going to be a whole bunch of mutants we hadn't heard before sure. getting killed off, you know, and it's like, oh, and let, let's face it, because of Phoenix and shit, Scott Summers ain't getting sterilized, <laughs> you know, so, but it, it, so it's really amusing to me, but the biggest part is it's just like it's comics. It's going to yeah. change. Yeah. It, you know, the whole idea of this ongoing continuity that totally draws in the other and the few far-reaching consequences especially of death piff yeah. and there, there's always loopholes and always loopholes they haven't even created yet right so, so you know so, let yeah. them do whatever <laughs> but you've turned me around paul i think uh you know they'll make an inhumans movie it'll be you know i can hardly wait to see lockjaw i love them mm-hmm. what's in your lockjaw write to us comments at uugly And until next week, I am Master Torgo. I'm the famous Paul. 80s Jeff. Commander K. We'll talk to you next week in geek. Mm. I did forget one geek sort of geek thing. What's that? I went to the bucket show last week. Ah. And Paul turned over to me his phone. Oh, wow. I was his periscope man. Big mistake, Indy. Big mistake. (laughs) (laughs) For his, uh, for the show. And it was really funny. Um, hello, oh, crap, you know what, I keep fucking up his Twitter name, Mr. Periscope I want to make sure I get a, get it right, because I believe it is, I fucking lost it, isn't it Cheeky Monkey, mm-hmm. is that right, Cheeky Monkey, yep. North Carolina, mm-hmm. NC, he, uh, it was funny, because, uh, he recognized me, as I'm holding <laughs> up the phone, and, the, the the periscope notes are flying up and everything. I see this. Hey, Commander K! And it was just it was hilarious. So that was that was fun and uh, picked up a few Twitter people um, off of that. And so uh, hey guys, it's uh, great to see you. It was a lot of fun. I wish I had more Wednesdays off, man, because that was that was well, really I was enjoyable. Very appreciative of you being there. We had a nice show. Uh, we got uh, another one tomorrow. If you're in town, always go check us out. Uh, Matt's out of town. It's me and Eric Jeffers kicking it uh, with Spadoni on keys. Eric. Yep. I've seen you. I've seen him with you before mm-hmm. back at the Onyx. That's oh, yeah. that's a good combination. He's good. It's a different. It's a different nuance. It's a different energy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really funny because basically you're still getting to the root of Paul fucking with his partner. Different dynamic. And the 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 joy is watching the the partner roll with it. So you got a couple of chuckles out of Matt last week. That was actually very entertaining. <laughs> some good stuff there. You you threw him. So and don't forget the goblet this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Go see the goblet. That's uh, value for money. Yeah, my orangutan knee fucker was. Uh, <laughs> my favorite thing last, what, last <laughs> week. Was, I didn't see it. That's my favorite thing. Yeah. 
That was, was a, yeah. He was a orangutan <laughs> who fucked people in the knee to their to the knee's detriment. Uh, and he ran a border, the other he ran a border ca- crossing. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty great. Uh, it was my take on Papers, Please, basically. Yeah. Was like, Papers, Beautiful. Please, run by a knee-fucking orangutan. Um, then, uh, yeah, last night, uh, one of our guests videoed most of my long form set that I did at the improv kingdom, which is up there on uh, my Twitter as well. So if you go to famous Paul or even I reposted it on at Hey scoops, you can check that out and see most of that uh, shenanigans. If you're interested in watching 20 minutes of me, Hey, get some more Paul in your life. Oh, like you need more gonna <laughs> pistol whip the next one. of you that says shenanigans. <laughs> Cause if you don't, his uncle will. Right. Oh, or he'll get into Paul. Anyway. Never, never happened. Didn't. didn't oh. Totally not a thing. Not deny, deny, deny. No, my uncle. I have two very cool uncles. <laughs> Hashtag totally not a thing. Hashtag totally not a thing. By the way, is at touchy uncle taken Hashtag on touchy uncle. Yeah. <laughs> at touchy uncle is probably not taken yet. Gaming mill, don't change your name to that one. Okay? Yeah, don't go to touchy uncle. <laughs> Stick with gaming mill. If you think your credit rating is bad. <laughs> <laughs> that takes all the credit, right? That's beyond credit. It's just like, Let's see. Is there an at Tunchy Uckle? Oh. <laughs> yeah, get that into your phone. <laughs> That's what Jeff does. If he answers yet, questions. If there's not yet, there will be. <laughs> Tunchy Uncle. It's so funny how many of our ridiculous characters names have that's popped what i'm up saying on twitter there for, is uh, it is there touchy uncle there is an at touchy touchy uncle uh james heron okay the name so all right pops there's up. already a touchy i don't uncle. know good 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 <laughs> gaming mill is safe the word is good 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 might word. have to follow him <laughs> touchy uncle's pretty good it's pretty fucking funny there's some power behind that silly i don't shit. know who this person power is behind touchy uncle. all right i doubt there's a uh, knee fucking orangutan out there yet so you still oh. got time guys quickly get on that. the knee fucking orangutan yeah. at the knee fucking orangutan it's <laughs> a long type it is a lot that eats up a lot of your twitter <laughs> Really? Yeah. <laughs> By the time you're done with that, you're down to like mm-hmm. what more do you have characters. to say than Ook? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, well, he was a smart orangutan. Oh, okay. He talked just normal. Well, what is well, you have to have a job. Well, you 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 need yeah. um, to work a border crossing. Yeah. Well, the Ookla sound. Yeah. You can, <laughs> great. Now I'm turned on again. <laughs> Torgo, you're always turned on. <laughs>